Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the fantasy football mastermind edge. The definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Nazareth, has several decades of fantasy football experience. His website, ffmastermind.com, offers comprehensive fantasy football information, including a preseason drafting strategy guide and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters. The Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge offers fantasy football picks to click and flip. The latest NFL news and much, much more each week during the fantasy football season. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. You lose! Good day, sir! Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge. Michael Nazareth. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is October 24th. The 2023 NFL season is flying by. This is week eight. My name is Michael Nazareth, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my very good friend, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Very well, sir. When you said the date, it just suddenly reminded me we're going to be broadcasting on Halloween next week, so that's something to look forward to. Uh, sorry if oh, I Oh, yeah, crazy. baby. <laughs> that's all for yeah. the trade deadline, and the reason why I mention that is that we're kind of thin on news. We're going to go over a couple of key injuries here and give thoughts on that, but we're going to do a little speculating. I think something tells me that this time next week we may be talking about the guy that I'm going to bring up here and he might be on a new team. Then again, he might not. Uh, that's what we're going to talk about right now. Titans running back Derrick Henry. Uh, Chris, what's your gut feeling on this? Do you think that the Titans are going to move on from Henry, King Henry, and or are they going to keep him? Um, I think they're going to move on eventually. I'm I'm kind of wishy-washy whether it's going to happen this week or not. I I just don't know if they're going to get the value for him that they that they might want. I don't think there's a contending team that would see him as fitting a short window that they have and, and, and need, um, you know, Dallas, maybe, um, Buffalo, maybe, uh, but boy, he's, he's still like fifth or sixth in the league in rushing right now on pace for 1500 total yards and nine or 10 touchdowns. It's not like he's lost it. And he's doing that while splitting time more than he normally has. So I, they're going to have to get value for him. Um, I, I don't know if they got, a lot of value for Bayard, except they got younger at the same position and, and a little bit of draft compensation. So I, I think it's going to have to be a good deal. And I don't know if any of the contenders that could use a running back have the, have the capital to give them the deal they want, but, but I'm not ruling it out for sure. I think there's interest in moving him. Let's put it that way. I don't know if they're going to be able to. That's, that's right. When the Titans uh, traded Bayard today, the safety uh, to the Eagles, it's like waving the red, the white flag, that their season is pretty much over. Uh, King Henry turns 30 in January, but he's still very effective, although his, his uh, snap share has, has fallen down to close to around 50%. But when he's in the game and he gets the ball and they do some blocking, you know, he can, he can still make the plays. He had a 64-yard run right before the, the bye uh, against the uh, Baltimore Ravens in London. So I think he's still effective there. It's interesting. 
there are a couple of French sources out there that are saying that there is a couple of AFC teams and one NFC team that have approached the Titans and asking what they're exactly wanting for Derrick Henry because his contract's up at the end of the year and they owe him about $6.5 million left on his contract. So that's the situation, like you say, that, uh, hey, he's still got value this year. Uh, you know, do they want – I don't think they're going to go to one for him, but you know, they're going to want a two, a three, a four, what, a combination of some kind of draft picks or whatnot. But it's interesting that you mentioned Buffalo because Buffalo just did a salary cap restructure. And when teams do this in the middle of the season, usually they're making room to take on somebody else's contract. And that just it just it screams Derrick Henry in Buffalo, especially since you, you've got, yes, they've got Latavius Murray and all, but Murray can't compare to Henry. And James Cook is great, but James Cook is kind of like the Tajay Spears down in Tennessee. You know, this guy's great between the 20s, but for some reason the, the Bills don't want to use him in the red zone. They pull him when they get inside the 10-yard line. And that's exactly the place where uh, King Henry would be effective. He even throws for touchdowns, did that this this year. Hey, he could have had multiple touchdowns. DeAndre Hopkins couldn't get his uh, feet in uh, this past uh, two weeks ago in London. So, um, I don't know. I think that Buffalo might be a, a, a good landing spot for him. Um, but something just tells me that they're not going to just play out the rest of the season with him because they're not going anywhere. They're not going to get anything for him. Uh, and that they're going to try and do everything they can to to, uh, to to trade him. It's going to be a very interesting week, and I know something tells me right now, this time next week, we're going to be talking about Derrick Henry in a different uniform. It just depends on where we think he goes or where he actually goes. <laughs> so, Anyway, let's get back to the current uh, mess of uh, injuries and such. Uh, one big mess that no one knew about, and the NFL now is looking into it. And what happened with Bijan Robinson on Sunday morning when nobody knew that he was sick or he had headaches or whatnot, and all of a sudden the game starts and it's Tyler Algier and Cordell Patterson. So what's your thoughts on this whole fantasy fiasco, as they like to call it, with Bijan and the headaches? And is this something to worry about moving forward? Well, from, from a fiasco perspective, I was quite pleased. That, as you know, we played against B. John Robinson and Fanex. We won yep. by two or three points with, because of him getting a 0.3 or yep. something like that. So I, I was in favor of it this week. But, uh, but you know, I understand <laughs> how that's a really frustrating thing for, for a fan or a fantasy player. Um, it, it, it happens. I mean, there are guys sometimes that tweak something in pregame, and you, so you look at the – the pregame actives and inactives, you go, okay, my guy's healthy, he's in. You set your lineup, and then 20 minutes later, all of a sudden, he's in street clothes or holding his helmet. So it, it, it does happen, or a guy gets hurt in the first play. You know, we've seen that happen with some guys too. So it's frustrating, uh, and it's confusing when you just see him standing there and you don't know what's going on. But, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's some of the flukes of the game sometimes, and you can control them sometimes, and sometimes you can't. And, you just got to roll with it and shake your head and go, oh, what could have been? And uh, hope it doesn't happen again too often. I, I don't think it's a big deal going forward. They've got ways of managing migraines. We've had several big-name players who have had migraine Percy issues Harvin. in the NFL before. Yep, yep. Uh, it's, it's flared up on occasion, but generally been manageable. Uh, so I, I think they're just going to do a better job. Being a young guy, he may just not be familiar with it. It's maybe something relatively new for him. I don't know the details. So I, I think – I think it's not going to be an issue going forward, but, you know, it's certainly something to keep an eye on and make sure that they're monitoring it and they report that they're doing something to help him minimize that. I think that was the whole big uh, fiasco with the NFL and such. They were upset because 
the uh, Bijan was telling uh, his his, uh, his coaches that uh, he started feeling weird Saturday night, and so Sunday morning they were all aware of what was going on, and they were wondering if he was actually going to play and all, but they didn't report it until anyone, anything, until the game had already started. In fact, halfway into the game, people were still wondering why isn't he playing, why isn't he on the field and such, and he ended up playing uh, just a handful of snaps, uh, late in the first half, and then he got one carry late in the game, and, and that was it. And uh, so three yards in a cloud of dust. And like you say, if you were fortunate to be playing Bijan Robinson like we were in Phoenix, and we needed that to get the four and three on the year, <laughs> stay in the playoff hunt, uh, you know, then you're uh, thanking your lucky stars. And like you say, there's been instances before where, where players have gotten hurt in pregame warm-ups, and that's after the inactives have come out. But usually it's, been, it's reported uh, by somebody online, and it spreads like wildfire on Twitter, and we, you know, we posted for our subscribers to let them know and all that. Nobody knew nothing about Bijan Robinson and that and this, and, and it, you feel bad for their owners and all. But it, it's just part of the game, and it's something you have to live with. But it's going to be interesting to see if if the NFL does end up finding the uh, the Atlanta Falcons because of this. Uh, something tells me that if this happens again, we're going to hear about it way before game time. Uh, you know, and and they'll make the appropriate announcement. Anyway, uh, a couple another big injury. This past uh, week, uh, Jerome Ford, a uh, long touchdown run against uh, 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 your Colts there. Uh, what a wild game. But later in the game, he ended up uh, uh, turning his ankle, uh, got caught up underneath the defender, and uh, and it looks like he's going to be out at least one or two weeks there. Uh, you got uh, Kareem Hunt that came into the game already injured. He scored twice, but he didn't catch a pass, and he only ran for 30 yards. And then you got Pierre Strong looked pretty good late in the game there. So what's your thoughts on the uh, fantasy impact here for the for the Browns? Is it just going to be the Hunt show, or is it Hunt Strong? What, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's going to be Hunt Strong at least this week. Um, hamstrings are notoriously slow to come back for for running backs, so I don't think they're going to overdo it, especially now that they're already down to their third and fourth running backs on this team. But, you know, that offensive line is so good. The offense is, is good enough. Uh, it, the running offense, at least, is good enough that they're going to continue to crank out yardage. So I think they're going to probably be a good 50-50 split this week. Um, going forward after that, uh, the second week if Ford is out or if he's out longer than that, I can see Hunt taking on a far more significant role than Strong. I just think they trust him more, and he's a little more versatile. Um, he's, he's got a more proven chops in the passing game. So, uh, But this week, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about Hunt and the clicks and flicks too, but he's, uh, he, he's probably, they're probably a 50-50 or close to a 50-50 this week, uh, and then we'll kind of have to reevaluate based on uh, Hunt's health going forward and, and the performance of both guys this week. Yeah, there was some talk about the, the, the Browns, Browns coaches actually like to see him more in a complimentary role than in a workhorse role. We'll, we'll actually see what happens this week. But uh, moving on over, uh, talking about last-minute sits and whatnot in the late game, uh, Seattle's uh, D.K. Metcalf missed, uh, it might have been his first uh, late-game scratch, but with that uh, rib and hip injury, uh, he did not play. And as a result, everyone was thinking Jackson Smith Najigba was going to have a coming-out party, and he did score in the game, but it was more of a coming-out party for Jake Bo. Bobo, uh, another rookie on the team, had a fantastic catch, got his toe down. Uh, they reviewed it, even though his, his heel didn't come down. Uh, they were saying, so like, if the heel didn't come down, it doesn't count. I don't know. Uh, it looked like a good, good touchdown to me. But what's your thoughts on JSN and, and Jake Bobo? Uh, you know, if, if Metcalf sits again this week, what's your thoughts on those two players? Well, I, I think you have to like Smith and Jigba a lot better. I mean, he's certainly got the pedigree. He's got the draft capital. Um, and, and, frankly, he's more talented uh, than, than Jake Bobo. Bobo is not bad. Don't get me wrong. But uh, he's, he's, no, he's no JSN. And there's a reason this guy was considered one of the cream of the crop of receivers coming out in this last year's draft. So 
I think with a week to prepare uh, with, of him getting more time, uh, if Metcalf is indeed going to be out again, I like Smith and the Jigba to be uh, actually a pretty valid play um, with, with some of the matchups that, that uh, Seattle has coming up. So uh, I, I think he's going to gradually work into more and more activity anyway, maybe at more at the expense of Tyler Lockett as the year progresses. But uh, with Metcalf Gimpy, I think you're going to see you're going to see JSN step up and maybe get a few more big plays. Okay, uh, of course, if uh, I, I agree with you there that if JSN and Bobo are still are both on the waiver wire, I don't think that's a, a, the case in most leagues. But if they are, they take JSN. But don't discount Jake Bobo uh, at least to stash and grab and wait to see if uh, Metcalf plays this week or not. There are no buys this week, so everyone's available. Uh, so that means that most likely you're not going to be in that situation. But if you're weak at wide receiver for some reason and you got guys that are hurt, or maybe you own DK Metcalf and, and Bobo's out there, and then why not grab him and see what happens? Because no matter when uh, Seattle plays, I don't have the schedule in front of me. Uh, you know, then you can toggle back and forth in that situation. Now well, let's get right to the uh, list of injuries here. Uh, Justin Fields with a thumb. He's doubtful to play this week. So it looks like uh, Tyson Badgett is going to get another start. Uh, Kyler Murray, we're, we're waiting on him. Uh, he's still uh, practicing a limited uh, uh, capacity each week. Uh, he may play this week, uh, most likely probably maybe next week. We'll see when he comes back. But uh, obviously, if you can grab him and stash him like we have in Fanex, then uh, whenever he does play, it becomes a good option there. John Watson, uh, Watson with the uh, the shoulder injury, uh, he got results back of an MRI. It looks like it's more of a deep bruising type situation at day-to-day. they got to build that strength back up. And by the way, they, they said that this type of injury, usually in baseball, uh, a player will sit for four to six weeks. And so uh, it's this is the reason why uh, Mr. Watson has been struggling to come back in two or three weeks it's just a very uh you know tough injury to come back from daniel jones with the neck uh in new york and we'll see if he gets some practice time in this week and plays or not otherwise it looks like Tyrod taylor and for the for the giants that might be a good thing uh, ryan Tannehill with the ankle not expected to play there it's going to be a combination of the backup quarterbacks there i'm not even going to mention them because i don't think they're worth it deandre hopkins goes right in the toilet again this week because of the situation uh running back david montgomery for the lions ribs injury um, may or may not play. Uh, probably more leaning on the doubtful side. We'll see if he can practice this week. If by Friday he can, uh, you know, get at least a limited uh, situation in there, then he might actually play. Miles Sanders with a shoulder coming off the bye. We'll see if he can get back on the field and play there too. Roshan Johnson with a concussion. Uh, well, he's going to want to try and play. He's missed two games, and, and Dante Foreman uh, scored three times last week. So if you picked him up and started him, good for you. We had him and we sat him. We still won our game, thank God, because of Bijan sitting. <laughs> so sometimes things like that work out. Debo Samuel with a shoulder out another week, and the 49ers have a bye after that, so hopefully he'll come back after that. Christian Watson with the knee. What's interesting is we haven't seen any kind of medical reports on his knee injury late in that game for the Packers, but he did uh, tell the media guy that, hey, it's just a hurting a little bit. I've got to get the pain out of here. And I'm like, what's that? You know, He said the scans were okay. Uh, so I guess we'll see if he can, uh, you know, what, what happens on the practice field this week. Uh, don't count Christian Watson out yet, but uh, don't pencil him in yet either. Luke Musgrave, his teammate with an ankle, was seen wearing a walking boot, so we'll see if that's uh, going to keep him from playing this week. Gerald Everett with the quad uh, is uncertain. Of course, that would up uh, Donald Parham's value this week. Dawson Knox with an injury surgery set out indefinitely. This is a good big-time uh, 
uh, news for Dalton Kincaid, who had his coming out party last week, even though it wasn't a huge game, but, you know, eight catches for around 80 yards. Uh, that's important, especially if you guys play in a tight end premium league like the FFPC or Fantasy Pros, then uh, you're definitely going to be want to interested in Dalton Kincaid. I do have him on one of my teams, and I will definitely be starting him, especially since my backup is Zach Ertz, and that's another tight end that I haven't, haven't mentioned yet, but he was just placed on IR because of a quad injury. He's out four games, and it looks like the Saints will get you on Johnson back from that cap injury he should play this week and we'll be right back after this important message you know you want to dominate your fantasy football league manage your teams with assistance from the definitive fantasy football information service fantasy football mastermind found on the web at ffmastermind.com there's plenty of free stuff and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. Co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience, including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy football content updated daily, which gives you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. championship. Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, we always urge everyone to check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of good stuff there, including our flagship feature, NFL Quick Bits, all the news breaks here on the NFL we post there. Uh, and such, and also I give my opinion there for our premium subscribers on some of the key uh, news items there. And, of course, all our, our, our injury quick bits have gone premium uh, for the season. Of course, that will go free once the off-season starts again in January. We post a lot of stuff there. been posting quick picks since 1996 on a daily basis. I can't believe this. I don't know, most have post, must have posted about 200,000 bits. Anyway, uh, we're, of course, uh, releasing free Eye in the Sky scanner reports, including those that cover the Colts from Chris Rito and, and, of course, our newsletter, we're still pumping it out, uh, expanded picks to click and click, market feature. Uh, by the way, this week's market feature is absolutely free. So if you go to the website, ffmastermind.com, and you'll see uh, the different features, the little box there, it shells back and forth between the features, the market. You want to click that, and you can check out exactly what I do for a living uh, to help our subscribers every Tuesday uh, afternoon. Uh, and, of course, uh, we have our rankings for the coming week on Wednesday, update those on Saturday. And, of course, uh, I do my mastermind moments for each of the games. And, of course, we update our injury reports and such. Uh, weekly and season newsletters, it's the mid-season sale. So last week it was 19.95. This week for mid-season it's only 12.95. So it's the price of a medium pizza, not a large you can check us out for the rest of the season. And it's still 11 newsletters, so, uh, you know, it's barely a dollar a newsletter uh, to try us out. And, of course, follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. Let's get right to the picks to click and flick. These are guys you want to consider starting or sitting, depending on their situation scenario. Let's get to the quarterbacks. Chris, give me a couple you like and why. I like Derek Carr this week. I know I talked him up last week. He did not disappoint, so I'm sticking with him again. He's played three healthy games this year. All three were against teams not in the top ten in pass defense, and he's topped 300 yards each time. This week, the reeling Colt secondary might be down yet another starter, and certainly they're another bottom feeder and a generous unit. So I look for him to keep his string going, hit multiple TDs for the, for, again this week. Uh, he's in the middle of a very strong usefulness stretch until his week 11 bye. 
And then I like C.J. Stroud. Uh, he's been a solid low-end number one all year, although a little matchup dependent, to be fair. But this matchup, I think, is going to bring out the best in him for several reasons. I mean, they're not terrible on paper against the pass, the Panthers, and they played against a pretty good, some pretty good quarterbacks. So I think those numbers are even skewed. Um, but uh, they're god-awful against the run, but Houston's not equipped to run it real well against them. So I think with the extra health week to get healthier, they're going to put an above-average passing game on display. And you know that Stroud wants to show the Panthers why they should have chosen him number one instead. So here's a stretch prediction. Stroud throws multiple touchdowns and actually runs in his first touchdown as a pro. All right. A couple of guys I like this week. Justin Herbert, what's not to like there? Well, last week he didn't like him so much against the Chiefs. The Chiefs have a really good defense. Struggled, had his first sub-20 point game. Well, this week he gets the Bears, and he's at home, so he's going to blow up this week. So plug and play this week, and you'll be uh, happy with the results. Desmond Ritter's really impressed me. First uh, month of the season, not so much. Over the last three weeks, uh, he's been putting up the fantasy numbers now. He's not perfect. He's been dropping the ball in terms of fumbling uh, right at the goal. Did it a couple times last week. But he still uh, produced uh, 22 fantasy points, and they're getting the Titans' sorry pass defense this week. They still suck. So I think the Ritter's going to hit uh, London for a score, probably maybe even either Jonu Smith or Kyle Pitts for a score. Uh, and hopefully Bijan plays this week. He might throw one to him too. So we'll see. I think if you've got uh, Desmond Ritter and you need to start him, go ahead and start him. He should perform for you. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, Baker Mayfield. I know the Bills have been – their defense has kind of been bending and giving up a lot more than they normally do. They're coming off that bad game against Mac Jones. Well, they're at home this week. So um, I think Baker's going to have uh, his hands full, full with the Bills. So be careful there. Sit him if you can. Geno Smith, the Browns defense, yeah, I think they're going to rebound too. These defenses that are really good that get used and abused in one game usually have big rebounds. Uh, Geno Smith might not have DK Metcalf again. It's not going to be throwing touchdowns to JSN and Bobo this week, so I'd be concerned there. How about you, Chris, a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why? Uh, Matt Stafford, uh, four straight-plus matchups he's had on paper, but he's been at 20 or under in all four of those. Um, he's been pedestrian for three weeks with, like, 225 and one score despite facing teams he should crush and having cut back for those three weeks. Now, this week he goes to Dallas to face a very well-rested Cowboy defense coming out of a bye that's allowed 11 points per game at home to quarterbacks and 20 points per game on the road. They've only allowed 13 points total at home in 2023. The Dallas native has only thrown six touchdowns in five career games against Dallas also, although, to be fair, he's had some decent yardage totals and some losses. Um, another guy I don't like is Jimmy Garoppolo. He's supposed to be back this week. A lot of people are going to look at the Lions this last week and say they were and call out their secondary, but they have played nothing but mobile quarterbacks so far, and this is not a mobile quarterback in Jimmy G. I would not want to be a quarterback facing a defense coach by Dan Campbell after that thrashing either. And the simple fact is this is a home game for the Lions on Monday night football where they have not hosted a game since opening weekend in 2018, you know, against the Jets in a doubleheader, so nobody watched it. And uh, I think that team in the stadium are going to be crazed and Garoppolo's in a danger zone. They've only lost three times in the last year. And each time after they've lost, they've played at home the next week and they've allowed 150 passing yards on average. Garoppolo is only averaging 215, so this is just a recipe for disaster. Okay. Uh, how about a running back position? A couple of guys you like and why? Love Gus the Bus. He's coming off his best game. He did that against a pretty good run defense, and this week he faces one of the worst. The Cardinals have been more gashed by interior runners as well, so this is where Gus is at his best. I think the road has also been where he's at his best. It's all but one of his 10-plus double-digit PPR games in the last three years have been on the road at all of his touchdowns in the last calendar year until this past Sunday. 
I think the wheels on the bus go round and round this weekend. And then I love Isaiah Pacheco. They've allowed um, – yeah, I'm trying to think. Who's he playing this week? Uh, who are the Chiefs playing? Tell me out. Chiefs playing, uh, let's see, um, <laughs> Denver. Denver, yeah. Denver's allowed five 20-point games to running back so far, and nearly a six to Pacheco himself a couple weeks ago. Uh, they allowed a league worst, nearly 40 points per game in PPR to running backs. The most rushing yards, attempts, blah, blah, yabby, yabby, they're terrible. They made the plotting A.J. Dillon get nearly 100 yards last week. With as with his hot as the Chiefs have been, and Pacheco's been the number seven running back quietly and consistently since week three, I think this is the top ten scoring day for Pacheco this week with a top five upside. Okay. Um, a couple of guys I like this week. Uh, surprise, uh, Damian Pierce. Uh, I know he's been struggling, and they have been coming off a bye, so he's rested. And the Panthers have allowed 11 rush TDs to running backs this year. Now, I know Pierce is going to share some time there with Devin Singletary, but I still think Pierce starts, and when they get around the goal line, he's going to get the score this week. So if you got him uh, and you need to start him, go ahead and start him. Uh, Alvin Kamara, what's not to like there? The Colts can't stop any running backs at all. Kamara, whether he runs or pass or, or catches, uh, lots of catches there. <laughs> he's had multiple games of more than eight catches this year. Uh, I think he's also going to score in this game. So uh, if you got Kamara, you're just going to plug and play and smile. A couple of guys I'm concerned about, uh, Jonathan Williams, and I've got him on a lot of teams. Uh, Chiefs don't allow much and forget about a score here. And for, in terms of Jonathan Williams, he doesn't get scores anyway because he gets full for Jalil McLaughlin whenever they get around the red zone there. So uh, I wouldn't expect anything more than the usual six, seven, eight, nine, ten points from Javonta at most. Uh, and then uh, Joe Mixon, he's a caution play for me this week. I know the, the 49ers just got gashed a little bit, but their run defense is still good. It's a rebound game for their defense playing at home. I just don't like Joe Mixon this week. Uh, so sit him if, you, uh, if you're stacked. <laughs> and if not, you're going to be starting him and crossing your fingers and hope that he gets a cheap score. Uh, how about you, uh, Chris, a couple of running backs? You're not crazy about why. Well, like I mentioned earlier with Kareem Hunt, I worry about it being a little bit of an RBBC and his hamstring and his snap share um, being a little low this week. Um, but, uh, you know, he's behind a good line and everything. But without Deshaun Watson potentially in there again, I think they're going to be dared to throw it, putting eight in the box. So I'm, I'm going to be reluctant to bet on a huge brown run Browns run game and a second straight road game, especially when crossing the country to play in Seattle where Eastern time zone teams usually go to die against that defense. They only average about 60 rushing yards in the last four or five years. So um, uh, Hunt, interestingly, is a Midwest guy by originally, and he shows it. He's only scored one double-digit PPR game outside of the Midwest since early in 2021. And my caution play of the week is Derrick Henry. Um, look, there's no way you're going to sit King Henry, but there, there's reason to be wary of this Falcons team, even with the Titans coming out of the bye week. The Falcons are pretty good against the run. They allowed under four yards per carry, and they haven't allowed an RB to score on the ground yet this year. Um, he's, he's only scored once. He's, he's a mid-range RB, too, but, uh, since, because he's been finding Pater and had some interest in the passing game. But his touch share has dwindled, like you mentioned earlier, to about 67%, and his snap share to about 50-50. And I mentioned the bye. Henry has not scored a touchdown coming out of the bye since 2020. Oh, and by the way, Tennessee hasn't scored 16 points in 10 of their last 13 games. I think I've got a lot of reasons for concern for Henry's output this week. Yeah, I, I see exactly what you're saying there. Uh, how about wide receiver? Uh, a couple of guys you like this week. Love Josh Palmer this week. He's got four straight double-digit performances since moving into the starting lineup for Mike Williams. Had a big week last week. Would have had an even bigger one the week prior. It was wiped out by a couple of penalties. He's been a number two wide receiver for the last five weeks, ahead of a lot of receivers you would not even think of benching, like Lamb and Evans and Waddle and Metcalf. 
Uh, the Bears are fading. They're more importantly in this matchup. They have a lot of touchdown by the opposing team's number two wide receiver four straight weeks. I say Palmer makes it five, plus has a solid shot at topping 100 yards again. And then I love Jalen Waddell. Um, after the cheetah exploded again last week, you know Belichick's going to devise a game plan that's going to make the Finns minimize their best option. The extra tension will let Miami's 1A wide receiver run wild. He scored in three of five games versus New England. He's averaging 15 PPR points per game in his career. You can't go deep on them, but you can kill them underneath. That's where Waddle does his best work. He actually led the team in receiving yards in week two against New England, the only time in Miami's last 10 games that it was somebody other than Tyreek Hill. And he's been Miami's leading receiver in three of their last five divisional games. So this is kind of really setting up to be Waddle. Yeah, I tell you, I've gotten uh, digs on a couple of my teams. And this past week, uh, you know, he, he did score, had an okay game against the Patriots. But there was a play early in that game. He was oh, he just ran a go route wide open, and uh, Josh Allen overthrew him. It was kind of one of those sheesh, you know, moments <laughs> that yeah. could have had a really big game in that. Anyway, a couple of wide receivers I like this week. Christian Kirk, a uh, hot receiver for the Jaguars. Uh, he's running more uh, intermediate and shorter routes. I think he's going to score on the Steelers. That's the problem with Trevor Lawrence is but that knee. He needs to get rid of the ball early, and Rick Calvin Ridley's running these long routes, and that's why he's not getting the, uh, the targets there. Also, uh, Drake London for Atlanta, like I said. I really like Desmond Ritter this week. We ride the hot hand against the Titans defense. I think Drake London scores. You've got to start him. He's so hot. A couple of guys I'm concerned about coming off the bye. T. Higgins, uh, he's still beat up. Just not feeling it against the 49ers. If anyone's going to have a good game against the 49ers, it's going to be Jamar Chase. And, of course, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, no Tannehill. Falcons solid secondary. Temper your expectations here. And if you can, uh, bench uh, Hopkins if possible. I just don't like it. Uh, how about you, Chris? A couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why. Okay, my, ca- my caution pick is Tyreek Hill. Let me make this perfectly clear, though. Do not bench Tyreek Hill, ever. If he dies in a plane crash, you start dead Tyreek Hill anyway. He's that good. <laughs> the caution here is, like I said, Be- Belichick has crafted a career out of taking away what you do best, and Hill's a good teammate. He always plays along and lets it happen so his team can win. He had two big games earlier in his career against them, but since then, New England has held Hill to five for 58 and only two total touchdowns in six games, and a season low five for 40 back in week two. Again, don't bench him, but don't be surprised if he walks off the field smiling with a win and a wide receiver three output instead of his usual week winner. Um, and he might be looking ahead to that KC game in week nine, just saying. Uh, I, I'm kind of concerned mm. about Tyler Lockett this week. There's been some signs he's slowing down a bit, and this week with a chance to step up and be the number one, he took a backseat to two rookies. I do expect DK Metcalf back this week, and I think the rookies will retain a little share of the snaps now they've proved themselves. I think that puts the vet in a tricky position when facing the best pass defense in the NFL. They only gave up two flukish scores last week that accounted for half their passing yards, so I just can't see that happening again. I look for a very run-heavy game plan this week and for Lockett's role to be a quiet supporting one only. Okay, Emma, tight end. A couple of guys you like this week and why? Uh, second week in a row, Darren Waller. I'm going to stay on the D train. Uh, Waller's shown signs of life. Second most targets, third most points at tight end the last three weeks. The Jets have allowed five tight end touchdowns in their last four games. So I think that regression to the touchdown mean we saw from Waller last week is coming back with a vengeance. He scores for the second straight week. Um, and then I like, I actually kind of sneakier play is Taysom Hill. Um, if you're struggling to find a tight end this year, Hill very quietly has moved into the Saints crowded tight end rotation with Juwan Johnson hurting. And he's been actually seeing snaps as a real tight end. He's second on the team in touches in the last two games, including 13 real targets plus his occasional pass or run. If he's still eligible as a tight end in your league, then you should know he's been the tight end number five in PPR. And if not, 
and not for his unpredictable gadget plays, which are still in the realm of possibility at any time. And the Colts have struggled with the tight end in recent weeks. They've allowed five different tight ends to get seven or more targets so far in seven games and four double-digit PPR games in the last four weeks. So Taysom Hill could be a real sneaky add off the waiver wire. Okay, a couple of guys I like this week. George Kittle, uh, what's not to like there? Uh, with Debo Samuel out, he's getting lots of targets. I think he should flourish in the passing game against the Bengals defense that struggles against the tight end this week. It's also a home game. And also the 49ers have lost a couple of games. Close, tough games. Uh, I think Kittle's going to score in this game. Might be the difference in the output there. And, of course, uh, what he mentioned is Dalton Kincaid. Uh, I think he roll with the breakout rookie this this week. I think he uh, actually might score in this game, but he's going to catch at least five passes. And So uh, if you've got him as your tight end there and you've got somebody like Ertz, like I do, then uh, you start Dalton Kincaid with confidence. A couple of the guys I was concerned about, um, and I originally had Zach Ertz here as a flick, and guess what? He's on the IR. So I'll just move on over to his teammate, Trey McBride. Now, he's not going to be part of a timeshare, although there is, I think, Jeff Swaim over there too. But the tough Ravens tight end defense is the big issue here. So, uh, you know, Trey McBride does become more of an option when that Ertz, but the matchup is not good, so he's still on my fantasy bench. Hopefully you've got somebody better. And David Njoku hasn't scored yet this year. Uh, almost caught, uh, scored. Got a nice red zone target, but didn't uh, pull it in last week against the Colts. Well, the Seahawks play the tight end tough. Uh, you probably got somebody better than Njoku, so sit him until he does something moving forward. How about you, Chris? A couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why? Yeah, the other side of that game, I'll go with Noah Fant. This guy's athleticism is the only reason he's on a fantasy roster because his performance surely is not. Two total targets <laughs> in the last three weeks. Tight end 29 for the year in PPR, and the Browns have only allowed 14 total tight end receptions all year, by far the league's fewest. And that's still more than Fant's got this year. So just steer clear of him and flick him to the waiver wire. And then I don't like Tyler Conklin this week. In the Battle of New York, I just don't think the Jets are going to need him. The G-men are not real good at stopping the running back or the receiver, and they're better than average against stopping the tight end. So nothing screams out as a high possibility here. This guy's low in the pecking order. I can see him getting ignored for long stretches in a game that should be very ground heavy. I think it's a low-volume game in all statistical areas. Conklin's faded, or is best faded this week. Um, he's played four games in his new home stadium this year, and he's only averaging five PPR points per game and 27 yards per game. So, eh, no. Yeah, I agree with you there. All right, uh, one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with them. A couple of rookies. I like Blake Group uh, in, uh, down in New Orleans. Uh, second in the league in field goal attempts, and the Colts are first in field goal attempts allowed, so good volume play. And then I kind of like Anders Carlson. It's always a good idea to play a Packers kicker at home against Minnesota. A couple of defenses. I mean, obviously, you got to look at the Chargers uh, at home against Chicago. Tyson Bajant makes his first road start, and he goes against Bosa and Mack. I mean, his last road start was against the Colorado School of Mines, and they sacked him eight times and picked him off twice. So uh, this is a little better than Colorado <laughs> School of Mines. <laughs> and, and then I, I like Houston going into Carolina. Their rebuild is just going better than Carolina's, and this defense uh, has been surprisingly good most weeks. And Carolina's offense has been unsurprisingly generous to fantasy defenses. Wow, that's some real uh, research there on your part. And listen, before we go, uh, Chris, I have a question for you because other people might have this question too. You like both the Detroit defense uh, at home against the Raiders and Dallas against the Rams at home too. If you've got both those defenses, who would you preferably start, Detroit or Dallas? Um, I don't think you're going to go wrong in either case. Um, They both have a chance to to do well. They both are playing a team that's been giving up some points to the fantasy defense. I mean, there's a little bit of the homer in me. I'm a Detroit native, uh, as some of our listeners might know. But like I mentioned earlier against Garoppolo, 
man, that, that place is going to be rocking and electric. And, you, and I just saw what it was like that week after they played. They won in Kansas City for the opener, and they had their home opener. I have a feeling it's going to be like that again, and they're going to be really fired up. And I'd hate to be a less than perfectly mobile Jimmy Garoppolo going into that environment. So I think the Lions, I might go with them just because I'd rather root for them than root for the Cowboys. But uh, I don't think <laughs> they're going to go wrong in either case here. Yeah, I've got this choice myself, and I'm uh, I'm ranking Detroit one spot ahead of Dallas, both the top ten defenses for the week. It's going to be interesting. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Uh, for Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek, and we'll see you all next week when we offer our Week 9 preview. Good night and good luck to everyone playing this week. Football! Football? You know, a uh, physical sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Good day, sir! <laughs>